0: Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash forever thirty-five today to get ten percent off your first month. That's betterhelp h e l p dot slash forever thirty-five. Hello, and welcome to Forever 35, a podcast about the things we do to take care of ourselves. I'm
1: Kate Spencer. And I'm Dori Shafrir. And we are not experts, but we are two friends who like to talk a lot about serums. And this
0: is a mini episode, when, which is when we hear from you, we share your comments and thoughts,
1: and we answer your questions to the best of our ability. And please do remember, we're not experts just podcast hosts, and we do always encourage you to seek support first and foremost from a doctor and or a mental health professional as needed. We love to hear from you. So if you would like to reach us, our voicemail number is
0: 781-591-0390, and our email is forever35podcast
1: at gmail.com. And just a reminder that we have a daily podcast called Here For You, which will be going on as long as this pandemic is raging and we executive produce another podcast called G thanks just bought it that comes out on Fridays that we also highly recommend everyone give a listen to. And we are going
0: to kick things off today with an email. Hi, Kate and Dory. I just wanted to say during the Corona season we all are in, you two have become my new BFFs, my IRL BFF. Hey, Julia turned me on to Forever 35 a few months ago. I'm a small business owner in Seattle due to COVID-19 and shelter in place. I had to send my staff home. I am at work with my dog and many, many quiet hours to binge listen to the podcast. I started from the very beginning and I just listened to the last episode of 2018 and could completely relate to podcast sausage. When I started my business, I had a good grasp on my skill set. But learning about taxes, advertising, payroll, I constantly was flying by the seat of my pants. Fortunately, I had many resources to reach out to for help and advice as well as a very supportive community. While listening to the episode, it stirred so many memories from when my shop was a baby and I would often take two steps forward, one step back, learning a foreign skill for running a business. My shop will be seven years old on Friday and experiencing the complications of owning a business during the pandemic. I'm fortunate to have some savings and projects to work on while social distancing. My partner encouraged me to send a note in because I listen to this podcast almost exclusively. I come home and constantly talk about it. Thanks for bringing lighthearted banter, interesting interviews, and fun topics to my day when there are so many ways to be down about the state of the world. I wish you, your families, and the podcast listeners well during this time. Gee,
1: Mm. thanks. Thank you so
0: much. Really sweet. Shout out to your partner. Yeah. I love a partner that says to write into a podcast. (laughs) And, you know, I, Dory and I, I guess, technically, Dory, we also have a small business. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this. Yeah. Um, but we're fortunate that it is a, it is a business that it, that is able to keep chugging along, mm-hmm. um, during this experience. And, you know, I've had so many friends who are small business owners, um, family members, acquaintances, just be totally thrown and, um, During this time, and we see you out there. It this is really hard, and you know, Dory mentioned on an episode of Here for You that one of her favorite um, small sustainable clothing lines just announced they were done. Elizabeth Suzanne. Yeah, it's really really tough out there right now. So
1: so tough. On a lighter Uh, note. On a lighter note, we are. Oh no, Dory! You intro this? No, no, I was just gonna say we have a. A voicemail that wanted to clarify some things.
2: <laughs> Hi, Kate and Dor. I am calling from sunny South Florida. First-time caller, longtime listener. Had to pause the pod in the middle of my diamond painting um, that I do in the morning, which is really nice. Anyway, there was some dilemma about how to pronounce a company. It starts with an L. I worked for this company all through college. They do have fantastic hand cream and foot cream. If you haven't tried that, you should definitely try it. So the way you pronounce the company is Lox-E-Ton. So Lox, like bagels and Lox, Bright-E-Ton, like a dark
3: off. lox Okay, hope this helps. Love the pod. Thanks, bye.
0: Lox-E-Ton. Not loke Tane. like I'm saying in my head for... <laughs> Forty-one years, Loxiton. <sighs> Dory. Did you have you ever heard of diamond painting kits? No, I have not. Okay, listen. Do yourself a fave and give it a Google because it's you're essentially painting with tiny stones. It's like paint by number, but instead of using paint, you pl- pl- like place little stones into the spots that align with their number. I'm very intrigued by this. Wow. Yeah. Now, are they real diamonds? I don't think so. <laughs> But I'm dumb enough to believe that they might be. Oh
1: wow! This looks like. Aren't you intrigued? Could make you it could like ruin your eyesight. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You're like
0: literally using little tiny, little tiny beads to paint like Starry Night, and you can do a custom like. It looks like you can do a a painting oh, like Kate, a custom painting. I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> Is it a painting of my dog? Nope. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just let it go. I hope it's the earth, wind and fire (laughs) diamond painting that I'm looking at right now on the internet. Uh. All right. Well, um, continuing with the theme of hand cream and hand lotion, we received another voicemail that really just warmed my heart, my 90s heart.
2: Hi, Kate Um, I was just listening to an episode where you guys were asking for hand cream recommendations. Um, and I definitely have a favorite I so wanted to share. It's by Crabtree and Evelyn. And I mean, honestly, does everyone remember how popular that was, like, in maybe the 90s? I don't know if everyone anyone's still really shopping that, but they still exist. And they have my favorite hand cream that I loved when I was a teenager for some reason, um, and then we discovered about five years ago. It's their Gardener's Hand Therapy. It comes in a tan colored coppery tube, um, and it's super thick and rich and creamy. I actually reserve this as my
3: nighttime
2: hand cream, and so I only use it right before bed. I'm not not sure. I've been using it more often recently with all the hand washing, but I tend to reserve it for nighttime before bed. I've actually put on a little bit of cuticle oil beforehand, um, and then I put the hand cream on top um, and I wake up with really moisturized hands and I feel like if you're preventative um, with your hand cream approach, you can kind of stave off that that um, comes that is happening more often because of all the increased hand wash. Again, Crabtree and Evelyn, gardeners, hand therapy. Um, I use the original formula, uh, the original scent. I um, haven't tried the other ones, but that one is my favorite. So I hope that this helps, folks. Um, and that's it. Thanks, ladies. Bye.
1: That was a blast from the past. <laughs> okay. I want to do, like, honestly, Dory, I could
0: do a whole podcast episode dedicated to Crabtree. And I say Evelyn. What do you say? I say Evelyn. You say Evelyn? Mm-hmm. Crabtree, it's Crabtree and Evelyn. This is like rocking my world.
1: What? Yeah.
0: This is like when I read Harry Potter and I thought Hermione's name was Hermione. And then I saw the movie (laughs) and they were like, Hermione. And I was like, what? That's how it's pronounced? Hermione? I thought it was like Hermione. Okay. 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 So first of all, Crabtree and Evelyn. That's not, uh, that changes my life. Two, did Crabtree and Evelyn, Evelyn, however you want to say it,
1: play an enormous part in your childhood? Yeah, so there was a store in the Copley Place Mall, which, as astute listeners of Forever 35 may know, I worked in at a candy store. Your uncle's candy store. My uncle's candy store all through high school. And Crabtree and Evelyn was at the end of the corridor, next to Neiman Marcus. I remember. I like. I remember the store perfectly. And I would always go in there on my break. And it was like, oh, uh, it's just such a dream. It seemed so fancy. So, so many different so, flavors. So many different flavors. It was so British. And uh, yes, I loved it. It was like
0: everything was patterned in a very Laura Ashley floral Mm -hmm. type of vibe. What's to me, I have the experience of going to a different mall in Massachusetts, the Chestnut Hill mall and going to the Crabtree and Evelyn store. I cannot say Evelyn. And so I, when I went on the website after this listener recommend, I was like, is this still, this still exists, but they have very limited products and they don't have like all the sense of my child. And the packaging is now like black and Brown. It was, it's wild. So hmm. I, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Crabtree and Evelyn of the '90s. Yeah, do they still have brick and mortar stores? I do not know. I didn't get that far in my digging.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I don't think that it looks like they just have. It looks like it's a website. They've got body, hands, face, and scent, but they have one. And my mom used to wear a perfume from here, so I I like went on the website, being like, "Can I still get Emma by Crabtree and Evelyn?" Alas, you cannot. It's completely Uh different looking. Yeah.
1: Interesting.
0: Anyway, maybe we're the only two people who uh, have memories of that from
1: our youth, but I doubt it. There's got to be one more. I definitely think there's more.
0: There was a Crabtree and Evelyn store in every mall. Yeah, they were huge. Yeah. And they do make nice hand cream. So, you know, I might try this out. All right. I think we're we're ready for a Crabtree and Evelyn Renaissance. Yes, except I am going to go to my grave saying Evelyn. I can't, <laughs> I can't transition at 40 to saying Crabtree and Evelyn. I know. It's a lot. Oh, I was like, so when I heard this voicemail, I was like, oh, I love the suggestion, but the listener's saying it wrong. <laughs> now, I know that you're saying it wrong as well. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, let us read this email here with some advice for a listener who was feeling sad about parting from a boyfriend. Hi, Katendor. This is so exciting. I've never written in before. Love the pod. I'm a recently turned 30-year-old single woman, self-isolating alone, and your podcast is getting me through each day. I wanted to respond to the person who wrote in about the ex-boyfriend question mark who is overseas in Japan. Listener, I feel for you. I'm recently divorced and I just got back into the dating world. I know the feeling, excuse me, I know that feeling where it seems as though you finally found someone who checks all these boxes. And when things end, you find yourself wondering will I ever find someone who will match up to the last guy? Might I suggest a little reframe? It's awesome that you got to experience so much love from this person. They set some really beautiful standards for how you should be treated in a relationship. And what that did for you was give you some perspective of what needs to be present in any relationship you have moving forward. Are there people out there who will meet these needs for you? Yes this person was just one example. If you do choose to move forward and end the relationship for the time being, maybe you can look back on that person and extend a little mental gratitude towards them for what they taught you about relationships. Breakups are hard under any circumstances, but I have found that looking back on my past relationships and thinking about what I learned from that person, good and bad, has helped me to move forward in the journey of finding a partner. Also, want to give a shout out to my friends, Lauren and Mary, who are also avid listeners. Love you girls and miss being in your presence.
1: Mm. This was great. Yeah, this is this is a much more articulate expression of what I was sort of trying to say. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I always I always thought. It, it's hard because you don't want to be like totally Pollyannish, but I think there is something of like, there is something to be said for like knowing that you can love someone that much. Yeah. Yeah. And that someone can love you that much. Like and you that know you, that it's possible. Yes. And that you are, I think worthy of respect
0: and love and decency and care yeah, and kindness. Yeah. That we all are, that we all are worthy of that. No matter yeah. who we are. Hmm. thank you for this email yeah that was a great perspective and shout out to your buds and on that note dory and i are going to take a little break and we'll be right back
1: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. You know, Dory, we talk
0: to a lot of really fantastic, intelligent people on this podcast, but I don't know, maybe you're like us and you want to go even deeper. our listeners will get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash F35. Get 15% off right now at masterclass.com slash F35. That's masterclass.com slash F35.
1: Kate, I feel like we are like barreling into summer. It's happening so fast Well, we're back
3: here. <laughs> we didn't we are. go anywhere. Here we, we are. We didn't
1: No. Nope. for being completely honest. <laughs> nope. We just sat here and then we mm-hmm. came back. Mm-hmm, that's how we do it. Dory, you want to mm-hmm. take this? Email? I would love to. Hi, Ken Dora coming to you with a little SPF slash moisturizer conundrum, a pickle, if you will. I've heard on your pod and elsewhere that we should use a moisturizer separately from SPF. However, most SPF has a moisturizer or, quote, lotion, including ones you recommended on the pod. This sent me into a spiral of questions, including, is lotion different than moisturizer? Do I just layer another moisturizer on top of the SPF one or underneath it? Ugh. I know what's most important <laughs> is that I'm wearing SPF, but I want to get the right hydration to my skin, too.
0: Okay. Okay. So my understanding is that lotion and moisturizer are technically different and that lotion is like a lighter moisturizer tends to be on the thicker side. Am I? Do Do you know of this story? No. Okay. That's like of Googling. um, Like, what is the difference? I mean, sure. I think they're fairly interchangeable. But yes, if you wanted to like pick it apart, I'm sure there are slight differences. Um, Again, we aren't derms. We're just no, we're too... Not. Just two gals, but um, it is my understanding that you do want to use a separate SPF because I believe when it is within a moisturizer or a lotion, like a face cream that comes with SPF whatnot, um, Mm. oftentimes the SPF is not as high. And I believe the idea is that it's slightly diluted because it's in that other moisturizer. So... What I do, what I have been advised to do, and what I think... Listen, again, consult your dermatologist or a medical profession. But what Kate Spencer does is I put on my moisturizer, and then I put on SPF. And SPF is the last step of Mm -hmm. your skincare. And SPF comes before your makeup. Yep. That is how I understand it. Dory, do you do anything differently here?
1: No. No, that's what I do. But I also just want to mention that... um you can also layer on a setting spray with SPF if you put yes. on makeup. Cool. It makes a really nice one, actually. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep,
0: yep, yep. Um, and, you know, I did do a little Googling and the website birdie.com had kind of an interesting like ask a dermatologist Are moisturizers with SPF actually effective uh, article. So I'll link to that here just so you have something else to read. I think the most important thing is that you have some SPF on your face. Totally, yes. So no matter what, you're doing great. Yeah. So stay at it there, listener.
1: All right. Okay, we're going to switch gears and we're going to get a voicemail from a listener who had a response to the listener who wrote in about toxic friends. Mm,
0: toxic friends.
2: Hi, Catendor. I was calling in response to the... Um to the caller who, or the listener, who was talking about the toxic friend in Mini-104. I've had this happen twice in my life, once was in college and once was um, like in my mid-20s with one toxic person who kind of ruined a group of friends. Um, And what happened both times was that once one person decided they weren't going to deal with this person anymore, everybody else was on board. Um, And it just kind of took one person standing up to them. And one time that was me and one time that was someone else. Um, And everyone else was just kind of like, yeah, like, I I don't want to be dealing with that either. So I don't know if that would happen, but I just, I think, I think that, um, we don't have to get stuck with these people in our lives, and, and maybe it's worth the risk. Both times for me, I was able to maintain the friendships that I did want, and um, I'm no longer part of the toxic relationship. So, hope uh, hope that helps, and good luck to our listeners. Thanks, love you guys. Bye.
1: That's an interesting point. Yeah have you Have you ever
0: dealt with a toxic friend in a friend group?
1: Um. Yes. So. Well. Sort of. I've. I haven't really been someone who has like large groups of friends. You're so a I one-on-oneer, like, kind of more a one-on-oneer, or like a one, like a three, a threesome, if you will. Mm-hmm, um. Mm-hmm. I stopped being friends with someone who I had like previously been in a kind of group of three with, but by the time we stopped being friends, we were we weren't really as close anymore. And then interestingly, I also later stopped being friends with the third person in that threesome. So maybe like there was something toxic about that whole combination. Um, But no, I mean, that's kind of been, I, I haven't, I haven't ever really been in like a, like a really tight group of, friends like that where like those are my only those are are, like we're each other's not only friends but like best friends Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. I have that tends to be more my um, friend style I think and this has happened a couple times in my life Um, and it is it is I do find like once one person kind of takes a stand other people join in Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might, you're feeling the original listener's feeling of not being alone in this situation, you know, having to be the first is very scary, but it might prove to be a fruitful approach. Um, I did want to share a book recommendation. Oh, um, My oldest daughter really loves the graphic novels, um, Real Friends and Best Friends by Shannon Hale. And recently she asked me to read them. And I was like, okay. And I don't know why, like why exactly she, I mean, she loves them. So maybe that's why, maybe she wanted me to kind of understand some of the challenges in her life, but it's a really, it's about this woman's experience as a kid and a a tween and a teenager with friends. Um, But it's so universally relatable in so many ways. And Mm. I love them as an adult and they were very easy to breathe through. So I don't know. I just thought that might be an interesting read for people. They're really great. I love that. Thank you, Dory.
1: You are welcome. All right, Dory, you want to take this uh, email here? Sure. Hi, Kat and Dory. Thank you so much for your podcast. I have a question about finding meaning in your career. I'm 30 years old and feel like I've never truly, quote, loved any of my jobs. Right now, I'm so grateful to even have a job. But the pandemic has has also made me think about how I can find more meaning and purpose in my job since it's a major part of my days. When did you find meaning and purpose in your careers? Is it a question of patience and time? Am I doing something wrong?
0: Hmm. This is a deep question. It is.
1: You so know,
0: okay you go ahead you go ahead
1: well I just immediately thought of ask Polly the advice column that Heather haverleski writes for the cut <laughs> because she has tackled this question several times um and she always has such amazing answers to it um so I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna like Pass the buck a little bit and link to a couple of her columns. Um, But I just want to say that, like, you're this is normal. This is totally normal, like, completely normal.
0: (laughs) Yes. And One thing that I, I mean, I do think that having, finding meaning in your job is important um, and purpose, but also sometimes I think that we can get too invested in this. Mm -hmm. And like, sometimes a job is a means to an end. It's like, this is the paycheck and that's it. And um, meaning and purpose come from other parts of your life. And I think that change, like it fluctuates throughout one's career, right? Like some jobs you may find deep meaning and purpose in it um others you may not Mm -hmm. so i would say i would say um open up your questioning to other parts of your life because if you are if you're finding those things um in other areas i would say then that's that is enough but if you if you're feeling like it is not enough for you then that might be some a time for deeper digging in terms of like what is your career? How can your job provide these things for you? Is it a different company, a different role, a different line of work that is similar to what you were doing? Is it a completely different career change? Yeah. Yeah. When did you find meaning and purpose in your career, Dory? Was that ever a
1: thing for you? (sighs) Meaning and purpose? Yeah. I mean, I think I, I found it Probably sometime in my early thirties, late twenties, early thirties, maybe. I don't know. Like yeah, I think I, I think I felt like I found it then. Um but me I feel like I don't know, purpose is like a little different than meaning. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um I definitely felt like as a journalist I had a purpose. Mm-hmm but did I personally find it meaningful? Like not always. I find what we do now to be a lot more meaningful. Same. Um, I mean, I find that this job is the most meaningful job I've ever had, mm-hmm. but you know, I got this job when I was 40. And I think yeah. it wasn't, it was only because I had had so many other jobs Um, that I was able to almost like design a job that was exactly the right job for me Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and one that I could find meaning in because that is important.
0: I also think like the job I was doing, you know, I worked at VH1 for many years and for a long time that job had a ton, I felt like I had a great purpose, like it was providing funny, witty commentary on entertainment celebrity and then that started Mm -hmm. to not feel like it had a purpose for me anymore you know what i mean and yeah so to me these things are so fluid and it's going to it might change for you you know like when my mom died i almost became a social worker because what i thought i wanted my career to be was like what is the point of it and then i came kind of came back to it so um it's it's fluid is my very vague answer slash read Dear Polly. (laughs) Um, All right. Let's take another break. You know, we have been delving more and more into the topic of our skin as we get older and how we treat it and how we love it. Because look, as I'm learning in my mid-40s, as you get older, you deal with new things when it comes to your skin. Not that they're bad, they're just new. You know what I mean? Like, I am now just discovering crappiness, Dory.
1: Mm. Okay. Which is okay. Visible
0: I know. a bull on my <sighs> neck and chest. Luckily, it's a thing. It's a thing. Luckily, OneSkin, our sponsor today, knows all about things like crappiness.
1: We're back. We are. Again, we didn't go anywhere. No, we didn't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, uh, all right. Um, here's a cool recommendation from a listener. Hey, Kate and Dory. I am a school social worker and have been busy learning how to do my job remotely while also watching a surge of needs emerge in the families I work with and care so deeply about due to coronavirus. Your podcast helps me lighten my mood every day when I put work aside to have lunch or walk my dog. I love listening to your most recent show and how about how we can still embrace Huga even as summer approaches. Did we talk about this on here or on here for you? I cannot remember. Um, Is this a Forever 35 topic or a here for you topic? When were we shouting about huga Dory? I remember talking about it the other day. So maybe I, they all blur. Everything blurs. We're going to leave this here. I am a huge fan of hygge and also a minimalist. At one point, my husband bought me a book on hygge when he thought I was throwing out one too many items and wanted me to chill, buy a scarf, and light a candle. Speaking of candles, I, like both of you, have been taking great comfort in lighting my fancy candles these days. Only problem is I am using them so often, and I am left with all of their jars standing empty. While I try and use them as planters, cleaning supply holders, etc., I can't help but think of the environmental impact of this candle lighting hobby of mine. Yeah. Anyways, I discovered a company in my hometown of Portland, Maine, that accepts old candle jars and will refill them with a custom scent using environmentally friendly ingredients. I love this concept and am not thrifty enough to make candles on my own, so I'm very happy to have found this company. It also provided me with excellent quarantine activity, where I spent an evening locating empty jars around my house, rinsing them, and sending them to my hometown for their second life. The name of the company is called a Native, and I just thought your listeners should know about their excellent candles. Candlework. I have not yet received my candles back from them, but it is providing me with something to look forward to and a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Mm. I thought this was cool. Yeah. And they make a ton of candles and they do ship.
1: I'm going to order some from them.
0: I No, and you know what? Shout out to uh, Portland, Maine. I went to college not far from Portland, and I'm it is Portland. a lovely city. I almost called it a town. But this, you know, this is an interesting topic because you are kind of left with a lot of candle jars when candles are done. Yeah, totally. And I know, like, sometimes the cool thing to do is use them as, like, makeup brush holders. But I imagine most... You've never seen that? No. Oh, yeah. Like, if you have a fancy candle and then you keep the jar with the sticker on it. You've never seen, like, a diptyque candle? you Having a second life is like a... Oh, no, but I like that idea. Hmm. mm Hmm. I mean, it does happen, but you know, not like I'm not using every cozy nights candle as a jar now. So I hadn't hadn't thought about this. Anyway, intriguing. All right, Dory, we've got one final voicemail. (sighs) We do.
1: Um, Let me just get it up here. Hi,
2: Kate and Lori. Um.
3: I am calling because I am just really upset right now um, at the situation with COVID-19, and um, I'm just struggling with um, dealing with my future in-laws. I um, I had to cancel um, my wedding with my fiance, and um, it's been really difficult. Um, but just on top of that, my in-laws decided to sell their home in the middle of the pandemic and um, moved, uh, instead of moving to a rental apartment that they had found um, in their hometown, they decided to go all the way to their vacation home and which is halfway across the country um, on the East Coast and um, from where they are. And I don't know, I'm just very upset um, that they're doing this. Most of all, it's Happening because they really just see this as a vacation, um, and um, they're just like, you know, moving their expensive cars around with the help of some of my fiance's brothers. Um, and um, I don't know, this is just a very difficult con- conversation um, that I don't know we might need to have with them, but that we've already had with them. It makes me upset that their the privilege is really showing, and that. They're not really taking this seriously. Um, Right now, I'm just dealing with extreme anxiety and, and honestly, depression for the first time in my life. And um, I'm trying really hard to keep up with COVID-19 laws and and regulations and all the things that we need to do and staying at home. But um, they're really just breaking all the rules, and I'm concerned about them. And I'm really upset at how much privilege they have. Um, and how they're really misusing it by by doing this this what I consider awful thing because this isn't a vacation this is actually something that's very serious and we should be taking it seriously. So I don't know I know this' is a long rant um but thank you so much for everything that you do um in the podcast and um thank you so much for um helping us out during this time. Thank you.
1: Oh, this is so tough.
0: Mm. In-laws. In-laws. You know, sweet listener, I would just focus on your own grief about your wedding, which I think you're experiencing. And it, it sounds like your frustration and sadness and is being exacerbated by the way your in-laws are kind of... Um, not flaunting. What's the word? Like disregarding the things that you are following, and because you are trying to follow the guidelines, you canceled your wedding, and they're moving across country, and moving cars, and thinking, and and that's got to just kind of make it all feel a lot worse. Hmm. So, but also, you cannot control them or their actions, right. and. I think setting up some boundaries so that their actions have um, have less of an impact on your well being might be key.
2: Yeah, so this is
1: hard with in laws. Very hard. Yeah, I think this is this falls into the you can only control the things that you can control category yeah
0: yeah you cannot control their behavior and it doesn't mean you have to condone it um, or hide your opinions um but I, I think um, they are probably not going to change what they are doing yeah and it is really hard right now to to be in a space where like it's not it's not there's no like clear set of guidelines so uh, you know we every people are interpreting guidelines and rules as they will you know and and that Mm -hmm. is can be very frustrating at times um and i'm sorry that you've had to had to put your wedding on hold that's really hard that's really hard yeah yeah any tips for talking to in-laws about this stuff listeners yeah we'd love to hear them yeah Yeah, this is so hard. It's tricky, man. Well, Dory. Yes, Kate. (laughs) Here we are again. Indeed. At the end of a mini episode. It has been a pleasure. It truly has. And listeners, please do call and email.
1: We really appreciate it. We do. And And, uh, we'll talk to you soon. We will. Bye. Bye.